welcome to Chaos, Calm and Cleaning. Today, guys, we are joined by the lovely Kyle and Dino from A&E's Dirty Rotten Cleaners. And we are going to be discussing with them mental illness. Myself and Carly obviously both came into each other's lives about six years ago during the show that we did here in the UK, which was Channel 4's Obsessive Compulsive Cleaners. Now, for me, I loved meeting Carly because I had never ever met anyone before that was similar age to me that also was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and it can feel a bit lonely sometimes can't it Carl's? Oh absolutely because you don't you never expect anyone to be going through that exact same thing and when you finally meet someone you like it's such a relief you're just so relieved to know that you're not going through it alone. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's such a nice, and for me, it was such a comfort because I just thought, oh my goodness, I finally got someone who's like, you know, shares similar interests to me and is just like, knows what it's like to go through and live with this like mental illness. And it was just so, so nice to actually like find someone to connect with, you know? Yeah, it was, it was, it really was refreshing, Hayley. And also, we did have a giggle, didn't we, throughout the show? You know, although obviously there was some real serious moments, you know, there was times where we did have such a laugh together as well. We did, especially being gay in the student accommodation. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was another level. We literally all had to evacuate the room, Hayley, because of your, do you remember when you put the neat bleach down and we all had to leave? Oh, yes. And then before we even went in and I was like, okay, we're at student accommodation. What do you think, Carl? You were like, I just think beans. (laughs) Beans (laughs) up the wall, beans everywhere. (laughs) Because beans are nice and cheap, aren't they? And I was like, yeah, yeah, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. And 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 to be fair, it was beans, but it was they seemed to have a real thing for kebabs, kebabs that were left about three weeks in the same. Spot. Oh yes! And do you remember the pit of breads were like brick? You were like you could tile a house with that, darling. Oh, it was disgusting, and it literally looked like the rats had been. I'm pretty sure the rats had been in Hayley to eat up the leftovers because. There was literally like pieces of kebab and even, you know, like when lettuce goes really manky, it was like left all over the floor and it looked like they had a party in there because the table was just covered in stuff. It was like (laughs) our ideal idea of hell in there, wasn't it? It really was. It so, so was. Well, today I am super excited to be speaking to our next guest and I know Carly is as well. They are... Dino and Kyle from A&E's Dirty Rotten Cleaners. This particular show is, I've watched snippets of it, and it is very, very similar to Obsessive Compulsive Cleaners, the show that me and Carly met on, except it's Obsessive Compulsive Cleaners on steroids, (laughs) if you don't mind me saying so. It is I mean, some of the grind that they have to clean up, Carly, I'm just like, I can't cope. I just can't cope with this anymore. It's too much for me. So I am really excited to be speaking to the boys. And I'm also really looking forward to obviously opening up with them and discussing the issues around mental illness. So with that said, um, we are now going to bring Kyle and Dino onto the show. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. How are you both? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. 
We are doing really, really well. I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing well. Good, good. good. How is it over in Gatorland in Florida? Oh, it's it's uh <laughs> snappy. It's, it's dark and dreary right now. We have a uh we have some thunderstorms rolling through and <gasps> Yeah. But 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 oh my it's gosh. it's typical. It was uh it was bright and sunny this morning, and then afternoon thunderstorms. Yeah, it's just that time of year. You know, we get we get the sun, and then we get the rain, and then the humidity and the gators. So it's like a tropical storm. <laughs> no, no, there was a <laughs> there was a couple of tropical. There's I guess there is a hurricane coming, but I think it's supposed to hit Louisiana. Oh my goodness, this absolutely see, these these whole weather situations and the gators and all the rest of it, I just am like it's it's a, I feel like Ariel it's a whole new world to me <laughs> <laughs> it really is, I literally am like a whole new world don't oh my <laughs> it is, it is, Florida life is a little different than uh, living anywhere else because I mean we get hit with everything and anything that you can imagine. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Thunderstorms and and high winds, just just because of the position where we are in the world. But um, you get used to it. It sounds so exciting. I've got this like picture in my head, like you step out, and like it's just like pouring with rain with like alligators walking along the roads. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you, why I've got that in my head, but I have. You, you know, the weird thing is there's actually a fish that's here, that's a local fish, that actually does that. They they kind of migrate in the mud, and is when there's a really bad rainstorm, they actually walk around. You could see them walking on the asphalt on the roadway. The fish? What are they called? I forgot. Yeah, it's a fish. And I, I can't yeah. remember the life, for the life of me, I can't remember the name, but it is. It's a... It's a it's a walking fish that only comes out in really bad thunderstorms and just walks across the street. So see, we're almost there. Oh my goodness! So it's like a real life aerial. Yes, yeah. it really is. That <laughs> yeah, fish that went and got some feet, and she wanted to be on the land. And she was like, "I don't need Ursula the sea witch. I'm walking, <laughs> and I've seen what the people have got." <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh that sounds so fun now i've got this vision of walking outside and it's just this like fish with Haley on the top <laughs> along the road as ariel the fish <laughs> oh my goodness now i'm seeing things oh what a different world from the uk it fascinates me i love hearing about these things because it's like it's just in the uk it's so different here isn't it it's like we don't have walking fish who are we who are we to not have walking fish i mean i feel like we're missing out carls no you know what honestly guys if we had walk this is what you the uk if we had walking fish we'd all be told to stay inside and lock the doors <laughs> <laughs> here we just you know we just greet him with a good cup of coffee in the morning oh wow <laughs> what we need Haley. i've just realized we need to move there yeah i think we should i want to be where the fish are <laughs> i want to see want to see them dancing oh, walking around i love this what's that word again oh see oh my goodness <laughs> Who knew this was going to turn into a little sing song? I mean, <laughs> someone call 
Simon Cowell because this podcast is now the X Factor. Yes, yes, yes exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. I'd love that. Imagine me, Haley. I'd be like, I'm here. You'd be in your element, Carly. It would just be the best. Oh, it'd be amazing. It'd be so good. Okay, guys. So I wanted to go through with you some questions today. We obviously wanted to speak to you about um, mental illness. So this is something that's really close to mine and Carly's hearts. Both of us were diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. And that's kind of what brought us two together on the show that we did here in the UK. And I wanted to ask you, Kyle, if you could tell us about your experience with mental illness. Absolutely. Um, I, I was diagnosed, I will start from the beginning, I was actually misdiagnosed. Um, I would say probably 10, 10 or 11 years ago, I was misdiagnosed with uh, manic depression, bipolar disorder. Um, And it, um, I was pretty much told, you know, hey, it's only going to get worse. Uh, come to find out, I guess I would, uh, I'd put probably a year, a year ago from now, I had reached out to a psychiatrist because of course, Dino and I were kind of at a point where I couldn't, I couldn't function anymore. Um, and I was actually diagnosed with severe PTSD um, from my, from my childhood with manic depression and extreme anxiety um so now knowing knowing what i have and what i was you know knowing that i was misdiagnosed we were actually treating it um and i i feel like within the year of treating the proper um the i would say the proper diagnosis i've i've come full circle gosh Wow. That is so difficult. When they misdiagnosed you, how did that make you feel? Because I, I, I often wonder how many people they sometimes misdiagnose. It was... Um, was that quite frustrating? It was. It was. And, yeah. you know, on, on, on my side of things, I felt, I felt betrayed. Um, you know, I can't, I can't speak for, you know, how Dino, Dino felt about the misdiagnosis because I mean, he's the one that's dealing with it. Um, (laughs) he's dealing with my crazy antics and, and things like that. And, you know, he, he was at a loss too. He wasn't sure what to do either. So, you know, it's, it's, it was very frustrating when I found out that I was misdiagnosed. Um, and it was also a, a sigh of relief because I went from not being able to get the get the help that I needed, um, then to to being able to actually get the help and being put on the right cocktail of medicine and and yeah. uh, and learn different ways that I can I can cope with um, cope with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would because. If you think about it, with the misdiagnosis, you know, they're attempting to treat something that's actually not the issue. So it kind of gives you a false sense of hope. And then, you know, you're you're upset about it because things aren't turning out the way that, that they're saying they should. 
the medication isn't working properly or so you think it's because we're treating the wrong thing. So that 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 was quite frustrating, I would say, for him. Um, I'd say slightly for me, uh, just witnessing him going through that and then, you know, being re-diagnosed and then having a whole new treatment plan, a whole new direction, um, you know, it kind of brought things to full circle. Like, oh, now that makes sense. That's more logical. Um, but you wasn't able to see that before. And then having a positive result because you're, you're, you know, you're attempting to treat it from a different angle. Yeah, I just wanted to say, actually, Carl, that I have so much respect for you, firstly, because, you know, you're talking about it. Um, because there's so many people that are suffering at home alone and, you know, they think they're the only ones going through it and they're scared. And, you know, that must have been such a scary experience for you, you know, being told one thing and, and not really knowing. So, yeah, I think I just have so much respect for you that, you know, you, you've gone through this and, and now you're here and you're talking about it and you're, and you're getting through it. Yes, abso absolutely. You know, my, my biggest thing, even through, you know, the old YouTube channel um, that, that I was on and um, my social media, my IG, um, I, I promote mental health awareness. I'm a huge advocate for it because I went so many years misdiagnosed and I didn't have somebody that I could I could turn and talk to. I, I was always told that I had to act this way um, from, you know, previous employers to uh, previous relationships. I was only allowed to act a certain way. I was only allowed to say a certain thing or say certain words. And um, and that that really actually even it more so hindered my my healing. So I'm I'm a very free spirit. Um, and I, my biggest thing is focusing, you know, nobody is alone in, in this battle. Mental illness is a real thing. I suffer on a daily. Um, I, I post pictures of myself at my worst moments, um, on IG and I let everybody know, Hey, this is a bad day for me, but you know what? I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that is amazing because I know that uh, Haley and myself, you know, we've been through, I want to say similar experience, you know, similar but different experiences, um, just where the brain just kind of from, from one day to the next, you sometimes just don't know what you're going to get almost. And mm. that's the most scariest thing, you know, sometimes I've had where, especially having, because I, I was diagnosed with OCD at the age of, I want to say around 10 or 11, um, I actually went into hospital for a couple of years and um, with an eating disorder from it, uh, which came kind of co coincided with the OCD. And I, yeah, I got through that, but you know, I don't feel like it ever leaves you. And, you know, even now I have days where when I'm at work, I'm very strong, but sometimes when I'm at home, I might wake up one day and I, and I'll just, I kind of just say to myself, no, this is a hard day. And you know what? I'm going to be kind to myself and I'm not going to try and argue with it. I'm just going to take my time. And sometimes I might even just shut myself away for the day, but it actually is quite helpful to me doing that. I find just having my own space, my own time kind of almost reboots my mind a little bit, if that kind of makes sense. It does. Absolutely. It, it absolutely does. You know, I can, it's to the point now to where I can wake up in the morning 
And I can look at my husband and say, I'm having a bad day. And him go, okay, let's figure out how we can make it better. Oh, that's, that's, that is, that's lovely. Sorry, that is just like having that, sometimes you just need that one person just to tell you it's going to be all right. Even the simplest thing of let's go for a walk, because I sometimes find going for a walk or, you know, for example, you have dogs. So just going out for a walk with the dogs is so reassuring that it actually helps, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, see, I... what you've said Kyle about Dino and you being able to turn to him in the morning I mean Dino are you there I am God love you I mean uh, this is so important because um I it, it really is I mean I say all the time at my worst moments my husband is like my go-to person. He is like home. Do you know what I mean? We could be anywhere in the world. And if he's there, especially with my mental illness, I feel like I can, I'm able to articulate to him. I'm not having a good day. So I, for me, I like to kind of, as what I call it is mental health mountain. And um, what I say about it is, you can you're climbing this mountain with you know mental illness and you from time to time will slip and that's fine but what we never do is stop climbing so you have to keep climbing and the goal is to reach the top so you can see the rainbow and the beauty and I just like to think of it like that in my mind because it really helps because there's always going to be days where you do kind of fall and I just think it's so good, Dino, that you're there for Kyle and he's able to say to you and trust you. And it's, it, oh, it just makes my heart burst. It's just so nice that he can tell you that he's having a bad day and, you know, you can be like, okay, we're yeah. through this, you know? I, that's, you know? That's part of the reason, you know, why, why you have a partner, you know, someone else in your life. You have to be able to support you know, your partner. Yeah, so, yeah. and yeah, absolutely. I always address it and approach it as um, I might not have a good answer for you, but we'll just keep looking for one until something works. And that's how I approach it, you know. Actually, Dina, I just wanted to ask you something as well. Um, so, um, how does Kyle's mental illness kind of affect you as his husband? You know, it's, 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 uh, it's kind of weird in the sense where I actually get joy and, and I am excited when I know he's having a good day because I can see that it's like, you know, like the 10,000 foot view, I can look over, you know, and there's those moments where you catch that smile or his demeanor. And I say, yes, he's having a good day. You know, and that kind of feeds a positive, you have to feed the positive energy off of each other. And then there's also days that I can tell before, sometimes before he even mentions it to me, you know, you know, hey, you're having a rough day. Is there anything I can do for you? It could be as simple as getting him a cup of coffee or like you said, having a, a talk about something that might be bothering him or, you know, maybe we could go and do something. Um, it's just a constant search and a constant desire to uh, make things as good as possible. 
Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. And I think I as well for me, because, you know, I always worry with my partner. Am I, you know, am I with my OCD? It can be there's so much to the OCD, you know, and I think is this getting on his nerves am I you know am I is this is this too much for him you know is he is he going to leave me and and there's always that that kind of plays on my mind and but he always reassures me and you know because OCD is so complex there's so many different parts to it and it's like it can just make you feel so low and so depressed so that also comes with it so like we might be out at a restaurant and you know he's pretty good like he'll eat in most places and I've definitely got better with it, but I might all of a sudden think, no, I can't eat here. And then that kind of ruins our whole, our whole night. So it kind of, I'm always thinking oh, it's affecting my relationship, but he, but he suffers a little bit with OCD anyway. So he does understand it, but there's always that worry that I'm just, you know, I'm just draining the energy out of him, you know, and people around me. But I think when they, knowing that they're reassuring you is always such a nice feeling because it just makes you think, you know, no, this isn't, it's not, it's not as bad as you actually think. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can a hundred percent agree with that because I mean, you know, all, all joking aside, um, you know, I'll look at him and be like, okay, when are you trading me in for a, a younger, newer model? You know, like yeah. I'll look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, Oh God, what the hell, you know, why are you with me? And he's like, I'm with you because I love you. Like, you know, uh, yesterday, for example, I had cut my hair. Um, well, the hair that I can grow, um, and, <laughs> and, and shave. And I looked at him and I said, "You didn't even notice." And he goes, "That's because I don't pay attention to that. I love you regardless." And I'm just oh, like, "Okay." Well, I'm like, "You're just because you said that you have this free ride right now." Uh, <laughs> but, but what he failed to tell you is usually you know honestly you know the last couple of days have been <clears throat> really busy and challenging with our business so um you know i've had a little bit more effort in that i would say than normal and usually i pointed out i was like oh okay i see you cleaned up those lines you know and kind of messing with him and i didn't do that and um, but in a very serious note, um, I did want him to understand that even though I do notice those things, it doesn't matter how I look at him, you know, because I love him for who he is. It has nothing to do with, you know, whether or not he has clean lines, you know, with the stash and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we, should, we should probably not be on such a gross topic of this right now, though. <laughs> We, like we we should talk about like dead people or something. <laughs> oh my goodness! I was just about I'm to sorry. say you two should have your own show, and I was like, oh yeah, they do. Oh my god! <laughs> In terms of mental illness, Kyle, I know that you are the go-to guy when it comes to plants. I have been whenever I go on my social media, I'm like, oh look at these plants, look at them growing. So I wanted to ask you, um, how do you feel about plants and how helpful are they in relation to mental illness? Like, is do you find them really helpful? Are there any particular plants that you find? Because I know for me, I enjoy doing yoga. I find if I do yoga and I'm on the mat and I'm 
downward dogging like a boss. I just, <laughs> feel, I just feel like I really do. I feel like I can conquer most things. Like I can feel, I can literally feel um, my anxiety and my worries and my panic just melt away. Like, and I just am nowhere else other than just on the mat at that particular time. So is it, do you feel that way with plants? Like tell us about your plants and, and the relation to them with <coughs> mental illness. Excuse me. So, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if I could do yoga and move in those certain ways, I probably wouldn't need a husband or leave my house ever. <laughs> um, so it was, it was safer for me to choose the plants. Um, I, I absolutely love, uh, I love my house plants. Um, at one point I had a hundred and a hundred and seven, too many. 170 plants altogether. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's like a rainforest. Yes. yes. Um, so uh, I now, I would say I probably now have right around 50. That's, wow. that's probably, yeah, 50 to, I would say between 50 and 75 um, plants altogether. I have downsized a lot. Um, I feel like Dino's sitting there right now looking at you being like, why are you lying? <laughs> <laughs> You've got 150 plants up in this house. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I um I did. I downsized, I would say by half. Um, because I found that my plants, my greenery was becoming a chore. So it it was no longer um enjoyment out of it i was like oh my gosh this plant's sick oh my gosh i forgot to water this one. Oh god you know so i yeah. found i found myself getting overwhelmed with it um so my my you know my stress reliever literally turned into this nightmare of uh overgrown forest inside my home <laughs> so what? basically there there needs to be a cap on the 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 plants are beneficial but only to a certain level yes. you don't want to be like the lady in death becomes her where she's got 500 cats and you're like i can't feed these suckers there's too many of them yes exactly exactly i do not want to be goldie hahn sitting there in the chair watching Eating ice cream and and, and re, you know rewinding uh the the murder shows because i can't my plants um i i i got into them mainly because i needed something else to focus on i i was having a hard time i couldn't really um i couldn't really figure out what i wanted as far as like anything in life um and so i came home with a plant Mm -hmm. and dino knew i loved gardening and landscaping and things like that and it was like oh one plant Let's fast forward to a year later, um, <laughs> <laughs> where I'm downsizing my 150 plants to half. Um, but I would say on a positive note, uh, you know, I would say that he uses the plants, if I could interject, to, no. to help him focus. I think sometimes when you know, your thoughts are cloudy and you're having issues like focusing on a particular task or something. Yes. He kind of can do yeah. that. And it forces him to work with that one item at yes. the time. 
he's focusing on it and and I think he takes joy in sharing. So it, he did downsize, but I'd like to point out that a lot of the downsizing was him sharing, trying to help someone else like, hey, this plant brought me enjoyment. I'm hoping it brings you enjoyment. Yes. You know, so I think it's a positive thing. Um, and then I do believe you did get really involved at one point and it became overwhelming. Yeah. So then it goes from being a positive thing to a chore. So that happy balance. Um, I, it's his happy spot. Don't let him fool you. He, 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 that's his happy spot. <laughs> Excuse me. It is. Um, you know, plants are, plants are my happy spot. Um, they're my happy place. If I'm having a bad day, I bury myself, no pun intended, in, <laughs> in my plants, whether it be repotting or just going around and checking and pruning or, you know, going to the store and buying another one. Um, or... I, I, li- I literally have this vision right now, guys, of you literally like in the midst of all of these like plants and like at the minute like you're talking and you're just kind of like brushing them out the way like <laughs> I, don't know, I just feel like that's what that's what's happening so like, what I it love used it. To be. so, so on, a, on a very serious note that is actually what our living room dining room and kitchen used to be really yes I had uh yeah living the living room was my majority grow spot yeah did you used to sit at the dining room table eating and you'd just be like, hi, darling, like pushing the flowers out the way, like while you're eating your dinner, chatting to each other? Oh, yeah. Half of the breakfast table was for eating and the other half was plants to include the bay window window seals. So, yeah, it was, oh, look at this one. Look at that one as we're sitting there <laughs> eating. Yeah. Um, and they, as soon as... They- yeah. As soon as we were done eating, we would move the plants back to where we were sitting. So that way they got sufficient light. <sighs> that is amazing. They they do say, though, that wildlife in general, like just being out, like when I'm having a bad day, going and just walking, you know, where the, all you can see is green, does something to my brain in a really positive way. So maybe that is the answer that anyone that is suffering should have more plants and flowers i mean i've got quite a few flowers which is quite rare for me but i've got quite a few flowers in my house at the minute because um it was my birthday the other day just throwing that one out there oh <laughs> well happy uh, belated oh happy here she goes she goes carly and loads of people but not loads actually three people bought me some bunches of flowers and i can't I'm like watering them every day now. I'm like, I'm feeling really, I come downstairs and just seeing them there. I've become so attached. And one of the flowers um, was like, the roses were the most unusual color. I've never seen this color. It's it's kind of like undescribed. It's like a zebra-y color. And I come down and it just makes me happy seeing them. So wow. I know they do say, don't they, that actually being around greenery is really, really powerful for the mind in a really positive way. So I totally get why you'd want to be around around the, like the plants every day yes it's a it's a it's a happy feeling and you know for, it, it started off with me um my my golden pothos was actually the one that I started with mm-hmm. um and then I learned how to propagate which was probably the worst thing I could have ever learned um because that is also how we went the from start of 
the, yeah. the 150 house <laughs> I'm like, so what are you telling me? If I cut this leaf, it will grow one entire plant. And, uh, oh, it did. And so understand, so understand my position here. So I'm like, okay, he's in his happy spot. The plants, this is a positive thing. This is great. And then he's like, oh, honey, I learned how to propagate. And I can make more plants. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. You know, I'm being, you know, trying to support him. And then I'm like, oh, my God, um, the house is way too full with plants. <laughs> you, you, you guys needed me and Haley there because when we did OC cleaners, when we'd go into the person's house and help them kind of declutter, um, mm-hmm. at the end, it would be like, because it'd be really tough for them, you know, because a lot of them were serious hoarders. And by the end, we'd be like, okay, like, let's get rid of this. Let's get rid of this. And um, I can just imagine kind of, you know, Dino sort of saying to you, Carl, you know, come on now, let's, we're keeping this one, but we're going to get rid of this one, but we're going to keep this one. And then me and Hayley would just be coming in. And because I'm some, I'm one of these, you, you probably wouldn't like what I do, but I come in and I like real minimalist and I just throw stuff out. And, um, <laughs> They some of some of the people on OC Cleaners weren't too impressed with me, Haley, were they? When I did no. that, I was just like, in the bin it goes, in the skip it goes. They're like, Yeah, but I can use that. I can use that. And I was like, No, out with the old, in with the new. <laughs> they would be like, Oh, I can use that. And Carly would be like, It's a yogurt pot. And they would obviously be like, No, but I'd I'd like to keep a hold of that. And it was like, so I don't think you would throw out like sentimental things, would you? It wouldn't no, if, no, if no, it was no, 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 no. I didn't throw out and it was it it was sad actually because on one of the instances it was it was to the point of it being a coat hanger, but she was really, really struggling. So although, you know, it, it was serious as well. Um, and I wouldn't throw out, uh, to be fair, I would never throw out sentimental things, but it would be simple things just like just get in the house looking a little bit more, you know, decluttered, should we say? Um, yes. But, but a coat hanger, I was just like, like, I was very understanding because I understand that it is more that, you know, it's, it's, it's part of it's an illness. Yeah. So, it wasn't just a case of, oh, come on, you could throw this. Because I know how bad my OCD can be and how challenging it can be. And as do you, Hayley. Yeah. So, I don't know, like a coat hanger, though, I did struggle with. I was like, no, we've got to get rid of that. And she did get rid of the coat hanger. So I was very impressed with her, to be fair. Which yeah. was really triumphant as well, wasn't it? It's like, you know, when, when someone can um, kind of recognise that this isn't helpful. I guess a bit like, um, it isn't the same, but, you know, like with... The, the plants in your house, Kyle, and Dino being like, this is not Jumanji, or is it? Are we in Jumanji now? Someone pass me that sword because we need to cut through all these plants. Whose turn is it next? Because if we get more plants, we're literally like never going to get out Jurassic Park. <laughs> well, you know, you, you basically, you made a very positive point there, though. Just like what you're saying with the hoarder and disease there and trying to let go and move on. Yes. It's kind of the same thing with the plants where, you know, it's like, hey, someone else can get enjoyment out of this. So you're getting rid of it, but, you know, you make it positive, you know, and it works out. 
And yes. that was the thing, wasn't it, Carl's? A lot of the time, it wouldn't all just go in the trash. So no. a, a lot of it would go to like Goodwill and yeah. other people could get used to it. And that was the really nice thing as well, because you could obviously speak to them and say, you know, you know, if, if someone had like lots of bedding and blankets, for example, it yeah. was always really nice to say, well, we could give these to a shelter. You know, yeah. it, you know, if they're yeah. really in bad condition, you could give them to like a dog shelter, for example, and the, the dogs can get warmth from the blankets and stuff. So I think that that's quite nice as well, especially where you can don't pass things on, like you know, Dino said, where you can get enjoy. Someone else can then get enjoyment out of something that you've enjoyed for so long, and that's quite a nice feeling, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, and then it shows yeah. value. Yeah, it uh, it it definitely shows value. Now I'll let you guys in on a little bit of a secret here too. Um, I also have uh, extreme hoarder tendencies. Yes, extreme hoarder tendencies. Um, and it's just, it's, it's part of my PTSD. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I, I grew up with, um, with nothing. Um, my, my dad and my, my mom, uh, did the best that they could. Um, yeah. but my biological mother, um, had us living in a very bad situation with absolutely nothing. Um, to the point to where we were sleeping on a concrete floor. So, um, so, so I, due to my PTSD, I have extreme hoarding tendencies. Um, and I would say 90% of the time I actually pull myself out of them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh my God, what am I doing? And then I just start calling people and I'm like, Hey, I have this. What do you need? Do you need this? Um, you know, uh, and then there's that 10% where Dino's like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. For instance, it was my cookbooks. I didn't realize I was hoarding cookbooks. And I know it sounds minute, but when you have 1,500 cookbooks. Yeah. So, wow. 1,500. So, that's unreal. Gosh. So, so wow. you know what? You know what? I'm going to take an opportunity and jump here. So you here's jump. a good example. Here's a good example where you have something that's a positive in your life. So you don't pay really close attention to it in this, like, not really a red flag warning because you're like, oh, this is positive, right? So we both love to cook. And and though I'm more of a um, throw-it-together-in-the-pot type person, I'm not really a cook person. He yeah. is really adventurous and wanting to try new and interesting things. That's why so, I'm gay. okay um so so, you know there again it was a positive in his life right he loves cooking you know cooking's not a bad thing you know you have these cookbooks but then you get kind of fixated on that item yeah and so you have 10 cookbooks and then you have 20 and then you have an opportunity where somebody has 30 and they need to get rid of them. And you say, oh, I'll take those. I'll go through them, decide, you know, cipher through those, get a couple of them, and then I'll donate the rest to, I'm going to say Goodwill because you mentioned it earlier. But instead, you end up taking all 30, 60 books, and then you add and add and add and add. And before you know it, you're almost 2,000 cookbooks. You have me that says, hey, 
I'll take them. Um, maybe it's time to slim this down. Oh, bless you. Wow. <laughs> you know what, though? You turned that into a positive, um, Carl, because you did say that actually giving them back. So how you could look at it is, all right, I've took all these cookbooks, but now I'm going to re-gift them back out. So you're turning, I'm, I don't want to say negative because I don't think it's a negative, but you're kind of turning a positive into a positive. Because right. you have took the books in and it's made you feel good, but now you've got the opportunity to re-gift them back out to people, you know, individually, so that you don't have so many. So it kind of then becomes a positive. Yes. Right. Correct. It makes you feel good yep. because you're helping someone else. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So Absolutely. it stays positive. Um, so I just wanted to ask, Dino, um, what advice would you give <laughs> partners of those suffering with mental illness? Run, um, run as fast as you can. <laughs> <laughs> just because to, Kyle to, was talking about that, it kind of brought me on to that, really. You know, I, I honestly, um, I think that the best thing that you can do um, as a partner of someone who is suffering from you know, some type of mental disorder is to make sure you try and understand it. You may not like it, but understand it. Understand how you can make it as positive as possible. Um, there again, there's days that he have bad days. And, you know, I might attempt five or six things that I think might make it better and it might not, but I don't give up. You know, I still try and it'll be, you know, it might be bedtime. Still didn't do anything um, to really make a difference in my mind for him that day. And then I'm on to the next day. Well, we'll go to sleep. We'll wake up and we'll try it again. And you just have to stay positive and energetic for them. Um, positive energy. Definitely say that just being positive for your partner um, looking for new and, and, and interesting ways to, to possibly take that negative and turn it into a positive and, and learn and understand as much as you can what it is that they're going through. Wow, that's, that, honestly, you're amazing. Aww. Let's all marry Dino. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we going to share? Right price, for the right price, he can be yours. Oh, now I'm for sale. <laughs> what are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> two dogs, Kyle. Two dogs. <laughs> and oh, Kyle, and I, and 150 plants. Okay. Done. <laughs> Two dogs and 150 pounds. Wait a minute. What's the exchange rate here? Let's just make sure we're not going negative. <laughs> that is so good. You couldn't have put that better, Dino, though. I, it, I, yeah. I, I, I absolutely, I, and I thank you so much for sharing that because I really do think it's going to help so many people. I know we speak a lot about mental illness coming from the person suffering, but I think all too often we kind of sometimes forget that there can be a loved one there. You know, obviously you're Kyle's husband. You you obviously witness him um, maybe at times of distress, times of despair. And the, that can then obviously impact you and make you feel, you know, like, you know, you, you're trying to help him. You, is there anything you can do? And I think a lot of times, like I said, for, for partners they kind of sometimes get forgotten about, you know, because it's your, your, 
as a person suffering from mental illness, you're obviously speaking about it and discussing it with people. And I do think it's it's really important that we speak about the partners as well and the loved ones who also go through that because it's it's quite a um I remember my husband once said to me he felt like um he had lost me like I wasn't the same person anymore because throughout my life I was obviously initially diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder then I was diagnosed with body dysmorphic disorder where I would just obsess over my face it wasn't symmetrical I didn't like the size of my nut it, it just anything about my face I was fanatical about it it just I just would constantly you know check the mirror and we then had situations where um if we would eat out I would physically sometimes throw up um we were at TGI Fridays once and I had to get a napkin and I had to spit my food in the napkin and run to the toilet I know this sounds really gross but because it would I would feel like people were looking at me and and saying bad things about my face and my appearance so that was another thing that then obviously came into play then later on down the line I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and he got to the point where he almost felt like I was slipping away and I wasn't this, um, you know, because I, you know, when he first met me, I was quite mm-hmm. a carefree um, individual, you know, nothing bothered me. I was the life and soul. And then, you know, he, he was confronted with this person that just was worlds away from the person he had met. Um, but we kind of, I guess he adapted to the situation and, you know, he, he even went on a, um, mental health awareness course just so he can kind of um, recognize things as well and help me a bit more. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I do, I do think it's, I think it's really important for that to be made you know, for awareness to happen for those who are living with people, um, with mental health issues as well it's important we don't forget that they're there too you know I feel like there needs to be like free training for family and friends because I I work in a mental health hospital with young um, young girls aged between 12 and 18 and it don't get me wrong obviously they're poorly and it's you know we're there to help them but I always look at the families around them that come to visit them and the pain that they're going through, you know, yeah. and I see them every day and I, I, I have to call them up, you know, when, when their, their little girl is, you know, got to talk to them about this or talk to them about that, you know, to the parents, should I say, or, you know, sometimes aunties, uncles, grandmas, granddads. And it's heartbreaking speaking to them because they're just beside themselves and they, they don't know how, they don't know what to do. You know, they, they've put their daughter in hospital because they have to. And they already feel, you know, huge amounts of guilt because of that. But they know they're doing the right thing, really. But at the same time, you can just hear the pain in their voices. And I find probably that bit the hardest because I know we're going to help these girls get well. Yeah. But the parents, it's like, what can I do for them? You know, and I almost feel like there should be training out there in the world for people that are going through it with with uh, family members or friends that don't necessarily know what to do and are, are desperate you know to, to know what to do to help their partners or children or you know so it's so tough it, it really is you know and 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 I feel the same I feel like there needs to be um and and maybe this is why I do focus so much on on mental health awareness I feel like there does need to be um, something out there to show 
um, you know, how to handle these situations and, you know, how to cope, not, not, not to cope as, you know, the one suffering, but how to cope as the one um, who is living with the suffering. You know, it's, 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 um, it's such a touchy subject anymore. You know, it, yeah. And, yeah. And unfortunately, there's just not enough uh, resources out there um, that, that can, can help families and individuals that, that need it. But to your point, like you said, with your husband and, and, and understanding what you were going through and going through a little training or what have you. Um, on my side, it was more or less me just trying to take a proactive, you know, seeking into understanding what it was that he was dealing with. So I gave him the privacy of being with his doctor in his visit. And then we would, you know, obviously we would discuss and share. Yes. And then, and then I would research and understand, okay, what does that mean? What does it mean to have, I'll just say PTSD? Let me yeah. understand what that is. My triggers. So, and- yeah. So, yeah. And that's a good point. You said with the triggers. And yeah. so, you know, there's triggers. There's things in that post-traumatic stress that brings up those bad feelings, those bad thoughts, those, you know, like items, you know, if I do this around him, why does it make him feel this way? Why does he react to what I'm doing? Um, And understanding that. And so I think that's very, um, a very needed thing is being, you know, being, being the partner of someone who is suffering through you know, certain items is understanding exactly what that suffering is. Yes. And yeah. You have to, you know, do your best to not cause any additional stress. Yeah. And, help them, and, and I think that's the best way to approach it. And I think that then gives a positive thing for, say, for example, for you guys, because then you've got an understanding of each other where, you know, which you have anyway, because you've you've done it yourselves, which I commend you because I think it's both amazing. But um, oh, thank you. That that helps the families in the long run, or the partners, or you know, because they have that understanding. Then, don't they? This is this is how I under they understand more of what they're going through. Should I say? Yes. Yeah. So even 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 down to you know children, uh, you know children as with their parents that you know have these uh mental illnesses and things like that mental disorders you know there you know it's it, it's something to help the children understand what the parent is going through not just you know about the about the parent when you know the child is suffering absolutely we do definitely we need more of that i think um but like you said Kyle i just think with resources it seems to be like there's some sort of, you know, barrier there. And, and I, I definitely think it's, it, it would be hugely beneficial, um, you know, having, having something in place where there was kind of, but, you know, I think Dino put it perfectly. I think with him kind of taking to the internet and seeing what that means for you and what he can do personally, I think that's a really solid message to put out there. I think that's really, really helpful. 
Yeah, and I think on the society level, um, you know, historically, if if you go way back and you think about mental illness and how society didn't understand why those individuals were different and how they tried to isolate them or give them mm -hmm. or give, yeah or or try to make them disappear yeah like they don't even exist anymore don't you know you have to acknowledge and address it you can't ignore you know, it. ignore it you can't ignore yeah. it it's so true. It's so it's you you guys have summed it up perfectly. Perfectly. And I really do hope that from people listening to this, um, you know, the things that we've discussed thus far um will will actually be really beneficial to people. That's my hope anyway. And I know for Carly as well, you know, Definitely. I, think, I think for all of us in this podcast today, I think, you know the main thing that we would love to come from this is for people to be able to take this discussion that we are all having together. It's, you know, open, it's honest, it's raw. And I, I just, I hope that people can take from that and, you know, find different ways, even if there's just a little snippet in this conversation we've had that helps one person and they think, oh, you know, I found, I found, you know, a real comfort in that. And I tried that and I found that really helpful. I think that would be just amazing. Definitely. Absolutely. It would be hundred percent. No, I was going to say guys, before we um, do finish though, we do need to talk about your show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I forgot we had that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot all about it. I forgot it. I actually wanted to ask Dino, actually, did you find that from working with your darling husband, Kyle, on the show, <laughs> did you feel like that bonded you further? Like, did you feel like, you know, I, you guys are obviously such a solid, you're like a powerhouse. But you are. when you did the show, did you feel like you guys bonded even more? Or were you like, I'm going to kill this guy if he cares? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what's crazy is uh, we have a unique, we have a unique. So, um, and this is, you know, being on the show um, it was actually an extension of a little bit of what we were doing before. Because mm. um, in his prior uh, place of employment i was um actually a part-time employee there so we had opportunities. Oh. yeah so um but yeah I i'll be honest with you there was times where i'm like i'm just gonna walk away from the freaking camera and <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe he said that crap you know Oh, there was some interesting conversations with the producers let me tell you yeah i mean there was there was times where you know, he would do something or say something and the cameras were rolling. And of course, filming several times prior, um, I just, I don't even realize or notice the the cameras much. So, you know, I'm, Dino would say something and I'd be like, you know what, wait till we get home because you are going down the stairs, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you are going down. Yeah. Like I will push you down the stairs so fast. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so we definitely had fun. We had a couple of tips. The, but oh. yeah, we did. Working that closely in that kind of an environment, of course, we're going to have the tiffs. Um, but it was never uh, it was never hostile or yeah. anything. It it's was fun. always it was, it was <laughs> fun to poke at each other. Yeah. Guys, I have to say, if I was doing OC cleaners with my boyfriend, Dan, 
Now, let's just put it like, I mean, let's just say I'm the one that likes to tidy and he likes to relax. <laughs> and if he came on OC Cleaners with me, I don't think it would be quite the same as you guys. I think I'd be like, yeah, cut the camera, I'm out. <laughs> and I think he'd probably say the same about me. He'd be like, Carly, seriously, you're taking this to a whole nother level right now. <laughs> so I think for me, I definitely have to just stick doing, doing this with Hayley because she's just like perfection when it comes to cleaning so yeah I don't think I'll be asking Dan on OC cleaners anytime soon put it that way what about you Hayley with them oh my goodness I could not I am telling you now I would be like Jesus take the wheel I am not dealing with this boy anymore I can't do it I oh my god do you know the problem is see god love him robbie the ranger, the ranger. I, I love him so much but he is for sure he's a surface cleaner so obviously kyle and dino you guys do like you do like a proper deep clean don't you i mean kyle i was watching you what did what was that stuff you put down the the stuff that it was so satisfying it was like you know these asmr videos that you can watch the really popular ones oh, i was watching that... along as you were coating the floor in this white stuff and i was like he's proper sealing that in that biohazard's not getting out of there and yeah it, it was just the <laughs> most it was just it literally it filled my world with joy and my heart with happiness i was like he's really sealing that in and that's the thing I think <laughs> sorry you guys... Lady, that's just really funny he's really sealing that in i i can imagine that was literally everything for you especially after when we did you know when we did the cars when we went yes. in the car we cleaned a car yard and hayley god bless her Oh my goodness. It was the best viewing. I mean, I was standing right next to her. I was, you know, there. And she poured this powder, cleaning powder, all over the car seat. Oh no. I'm, I'm talking to the point where we were like, <laughs> okay. And literally, she was going at it. And she, you couldn't even see the car seats. They were covered. I mean, Hayley, what was that? I can't even remember what it was you used now. Oh, so it was like a it was like a deep cleaning powder to pull out any of the moisture and the like. Basically, this car that we were cleaning, guys, inside of it, someone had decided to leave a um, chicken gel phrasey because why not? <laughs> you know, I'm driving Literally. along. Yeah, oh wow. You know, I'm driving along the motorway at 40 miles an hour and next to me is my Vindaloo. I'll just leave that there. And it was, honestly, it was hanging. When we opened it up, the smell, me and Carly. It was stink. It was, I can say, honestly say, guys, that was the most worst moment. I mean, this will sound dramatic of my existence so far. It was so... I don't think you could put it into words. I had to just walk off and take a moment. It was that bad. When the lid came off, <laughs> Hayley, come on, seriously, when that lid came off, it was putrid. It just, it was the worst smell. It kind of smelt like B.O. mixed with horse manure mixed with I don't know it just feces it's it was the worst smell and then you know when it takes your breath away but you guys see what I've noticed on you when Kyle and Dino go into the property they have you have these masks what are those masks they are so they are respirators and 
I had to wear them against my will. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, can we just say dirty rotten cleaners did not come to play? They had respirators on these guys because they were like, put a yes. respirator on them because they're yes. not going to be able to breathe. Yeah, so I I always preferred going into scenes um, without anything on so I could smell. And I know it sounds weird. Um, but if I can smell how bad it is, it's kind of like that sixth sense where you you know how deep it's gotten in, how far along that it is, and you oh. know, how, long, how long it's been there. Um, oh. I know it's so weird, but I actually enjoy the smell. Oh my goodness! Um, can I can so, I just ask what smell are we talking? What 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 can you describe it for everyone to hear? It's <laughs> decom- <laughs> the smell of a decomposing body. Oh, so no. it's weird oh. because it's, you know decomp has different you know stages of in the smell. You know it's it's sweet at one point it's in the very pungent, beginning. In the very pungent beginning. I, I yeah I I kind of think that it's the chemical reaction the chemical breakdown um, is you know I don't know what the scientific uh, uh, example would be to put to that but it does I know from um, my past with I was a dual licensed apprentice and funeral director and embalmer at one point in time and just learning on stages of death. Your, your body in decomposition um, naturally tries to make it decent and make it pleasant, as weird as this sounds. So the chemical breakdown of your cells actually starts to put off a sweet smell. And a lot of times people smell decomp and they have no idea what they're smelling. Um, but you go through different stages of smell. And to Kyle's point, you know, you can kind of walk in a place and you'll be like, oh, okay, this is this is not sweet. It's a little pungent, but it's not extremely pungent. You know, it probably hasn't been here three, four days. And then you go in another place and then you're like, wow, this is like a two, three week, um, you know, per- person that was in here. So it's it's pretty interesting. Guys, this is sad. This, I mean, this sounds really sad, but at the same time, it's that's real, real life, isn't it? Wow. wow. It is. It is definitely real life. And, I, and, and if I may comment on what I said earlier, just because I like the smell um, doesn't mean that I am a psychopath. So we're not <laughs> dealing with a Dexter here. Nobody worry. No, Everybody no, I do. Down. I, can I don't. Confirm. I yep, have I, Kyle in the... <laughs> The flesh he is a solid, decent, kind, beautiful soul. I promise. Aww. He is like an absolute dream. So um, I-, I just find it fascinating. I really do. And like I said, I mean, on the show, you guys are so thorough. In, But I guess you have to be, don't you? You have to be thorough in what you're doing in order to make it safe for the next person. Is that is that correct in what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You, you do have to, you do have to uh, do a very thorough cleaning 
um, just because of the different um, different diseases and bacteria, bacterias and things like that that are, you know, that can still live in the air, which is another reason why the ozone is out there. You know, I was I've been I've been certified in uh, crime scene cleaning since 2008. So not a lot has really changed from there. Um, and it's it's just something it's just something that you know, somebody has to do the job. Yeah, and I was going to say that, actually. Somebody's it, got to do it. And fair play to you guys, because, you know, fair play to you. Yeah, it's 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 one of those it's one of those jobs that, you know, Mike Rowe himself would not do. <laughs> you've, got, you've, got to be a, you've got to be a strong person and you guys are strong. You know, you are to do that. It's, it takes a real strong person. You know, when it comes when it comes to to death, like I can I can relate in two ways, like in the cleaning aspect, you get a sense of relief and it makes you internally happy that you've taken something that was perceived as this huge tragedy and then you make it into a positive. Same thing in the funeral industry. You know, yes, you're dealing with death and it's sad, but then you do what you can do as that embalmer, as that funeral director to make yeah. sure that you have prepared the best you can. Um, that you have them looking the best that you have the ability to have them looking. And then that, that moment when, when the family, the walks, family in. walks in yep, and they're like, Oh my God, they look so good. They look like they're resting. You know, that's that weird sense of pride, you know, but you're helping them out. So you're helping is what it is. You're trying to help someone else deal with something that they see as a tragedy there again taking a negative turning it into a positive absolutely oh that's such a lovely way to look at it so i just think you guys are just the greatest you really are we literally love you guys oh we love you too we do and i can't wait i absolutely cannot wait well our passport are waiting to be used. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, the, so here's the funny thing. I was, uh, Haley and I were talking one day. I think we were talking about Carol Baskin. And um, <laughs> of course we were. Why would and, we not? What else uh, exactly. Did we talk about ever? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we were, we were talking about uh, it was right before we were booking our tickets to go back over. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the, the name of the virus we don't speak of mm-hmm. ended up hitting. And mm-hmm. so everything had to get postponed. Yes. And uh, what did we say? <laughs> Which time? <laughs> <laughs> what did we say? This is going to be Carol Baskin's fault. <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. This is Carol Baskin. <laughs> and yep. I mean, the devil makes work for idle thumbs, but Carol Baskin now, <laughs> let me tell you. If oh anyone fails, blame her. Oh blame my God. <laughs> that was, I think it was like a uh, every other day thing with, with Haley and I for for weeks after Tiger King was... released. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'd stub my toe and be like, Kyle, I don't know who done this, but I'm pretty sure it was Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> 
We were literally like walking, talking, Tiger King movies. Yeah, yeah, it was it was hilarious. That show got us all through lockdown, didn't it? It did. It it really did. That was one show that got us through lockdown. Lockdown made Carol Baskin a star. Yes, it did. You know, we're actually only like twenty minutes from her. Oh my gosh. Hayley, we're on our way. I know. I love this so much. I literally am like. We are on the plane as we. Hayley, I'm about to. I'm going to go and get my hopper and I'm on my way to you. I just. I'm so. Honestly, it excites me all the time knowing this that they're not that far. They're like literally a 20 minute drive from Carol Baskin. And I'm like, this is so exciting. Now, how can we find Joe Exotic? What can yeah. we do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're uh, we're what forty five minutes from Disney World. <gasps> it's oh my just gosh, the best! You it guys are living the dream. No, <laughs> you are. You are. You're living our dream. You're living our dream. <laughs> I will tell you. Excuse me. I will tell you what we do have a Taco Bell right at the corner. There you go. Wow. Oh. wow. Please don't <laughs> say anymore. You're making us feel like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm literally like drooling now. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, Taco Bell. <laughs> what even is this? Oh, oh my God. What that is this is... life I'm living here <laughs> in the I UK? Know. We're like a couple of peasants, me and Carly, and we're like, oh, Dino, Kyle, take us. Yes. <laughs> How many plants? Seriously. <laughs> oh my god. Does it take? We'll give you all of them. We'll give you loads. Oh, that flight is the worst. It is. The, the, to be fair, the flight is quite a long haul, isn't it? Yes. I'm willing to, I'm willing to do it. Yes. Uh, I'm we... like, the flight is quite a long haul, isn't it, Kyle? <laughs> It'll yes. be worth it. It was It was 100% worth it. I wish... Uh... I wish I could have done done more while I was there, but I was so tired because I was only there for a week and a half and I couldn't even get readjusted to the time change. <laughs> you know, it's so tough, isn't it? When you when you switch over and there's like that, you get that almost jet laggy feeling. It's the absolute worst in the world. But I mean, you've got walking fish, so suck it up, sister, okay? <laughs> Okay, done. And don't forget the gators. Yeah, and you've got gators over there. We've got <laughs> the best we've got in the UK is a I pigeon. mean, I don't even we've got nothing good in the we've UK. We've got a really. pigeon, guys. We have <laughs> pigeons. Okay. And we call them flying rats. Uh you guys have just... fish and you guys have fish and chips and mushy peas, and I love the mushy peas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fish and chips. I love fish and chips. Mushy peas not so fond of. Oh, I loved them. And I tried, to, I got a can of them here and I, they were disgusting. So you can't, yeah. that's not something you can eat out of a can. It's not the same. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, but mushy peas, it's just the thought of, I don't know, they're just really green and mushy. <laughs> they are yeah. quite <laughs> really green and mushy. The clue's in the name. The clue's in the name. Guys, whatever happens, you have to come back on our podcasts. Yes, oh, absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. Absolutely. We literally want you on every week. <laughs> Is that possible? <laughs> every week. You, you say the time and we will be here. And especially once we once your show comes on, we literally we'll be we're actually me and Haley will probably be on the we'll be doing the podcast and we'll be on the plane. We're on the plane. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> um, yes. We're actually really excited about that. Yeah, Dirty Rotten, uh, Dirty Rotten Cleaners is, uh, we're not sure. I do have an email out to um, the big wigs on when it's going to release over across the pond. Um, just because I want you guys to be able to watch it too. Um, of course. But here in, here in the U.S., it releases uh, the next episode of September 5th. What time's that? Uh, that is eleven a.m. A- uh, yeah, eleven a.m. Eastern time. And that's on A and E as well, isn't it? It is. It is on A and E. I can tell you guys now. You must tune in and watch this. Like y- y- it is. I've said this to Carly. It's like obsessive compulsive cleaners, but on steroids. So if you're in the USA, you must watch it and. Obviously, as soon as Kyle lets us know when it is making its way to the UK, we'll keep you guys updated. And, um, yeah, we'll give you times and stuff. But until then, you can get snippets on YouTube, can't you? Uh, Yeah. So um, I know you can watch uh, the first and second episodes on on YouTube, just the, I think they're probably 15 minutes. And I think think if you go to the A&E Network actual a web page and type in the show. Um, I think they actually have the episodes, but I don't believe they released the episodes until after they've aired. So the first two episodes should be available online on A&E's website. Yes. And um, then you'll probably also be able to catch something on YouTube as well. Um, now I do want to let you guys know that I am, um, I'm about 150 pages uh, until I'm finished with my fourth book. <gasps> yeah, because you've already you've already done free, haven't you? And then you're yep. obviously working on this one now because the free other ones they're on Amazon, aren't they? Yes, they are. They are on oh, Amazon. Really? Yeah, yep. they're available to buy on Amazon. Can you send me the link, Kaylee? Yes, I will. Yes. Yep, and this one is um, this one's probably going to be my most intense. Uh, this one is. Um, this one will definitely be your most intense. Yeah. I the have... novella was prior to this, but this one beats out the novella. Yeah. This one is actually, I will, I'll put it this way. My suicide letter is in this fourth novel. Oh, wow. <gasps> Gosh. Yes. Oh, Kyle, wow. that does hurt my heart, though, hearing yeah, that. Yeah, it does. Me as well. I think it's going to be an amazing read. Yeah. Yes. I, I 100% will read. I'll, I'll, um, spread it out as well because i know a lot of people like to read real life stories like that you know yeah 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 and this is this is actually real life stories from hundreds of people hundreds of people oh wow oh gosh yeah so it's um it's gonna be it's gonna be very raw it's gonna be very real um i have probably another two maybe three months left to to do it out and um and and I actually included my own suicide letter in this. So, you know, it's it's going to be intense, but I feel like it's going to be an eye opener. Definitely. I, I think you're so brave. That's such a brave thing to do. That is very, very brave. It's very nerve, brave it's nerve wracking. But, yeah. you know, everybody is uh, everybody's so sensitive nowadays that I, I feel like I feel like raw and realness needs to be put out there. Yeah. I feel like, though, in America, that's what I love about American people is that 
because I used to cruise quite a lot. So we'd be on cruise liners with a lot of American people. And the, I just find they're so much more expressive and they're so much more compassionate. And I love that because I'm more like that. You know, I should be American. <laughs> Thank you both for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you guys and just an end note i just wanted to let anyone know if you are struggling with mental illness help and support is available at mind.org.uk and in the usa mhanational.org oh thank you guys you have been amazing we literally love you you're we amazing love y'all Thank you so much for uh, for having us on. Okay, guys, take care across the pond. Everyone, make sure you tune in and watch Kyle and Dino on A&E's Dirty Rotten Cleaners on the 5th of September. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks. Guys.